Matt Dwyer here, and I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. If you wish to become a bigger part of the world of Conversations with Dwyer, go to themattdwyer.com slash shop and purchase a T-shirt or a phone case with the Conversations with Dwyer logo right on it. It's that little head, round head thingy uh, that was created by Charlene Yee. That'll help support the podcast and spread the word. Also, you could become a Patreon subscriber. You could also find that link at themattdwyer.com. For $5 a month, you get extended interviews, video versions of the interviews, you get bonus episodes, all kinds of extra content, sometimes blogs. And there's different tiers, but the $5 one definitely is, I think, affordable for everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Please support the podcast. And now let's listen to this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast, and speaking of music, if you like that song that played me in, that is called Lucky, and it is from the EP entitled Lucky, and that is by Lindsay Reamer, who is my guest today. And uh, if you, it, all things Lindsay are in the show notes. If you want to buy the EP, uh, it is out on Dear Dear Life Records. Dear Life Records, not Dear 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 Life Records. Dear, 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 dear life records. Um, so please buy it. Don't stream it. Buy it. Support Lindsay Reamer. She is a great new artist. And uh, the songs, it's a really great EP. She's a really great songwriter. And we had a very splendid time talking. So please support her. And uh, I can't remember how I exactly, how I learned about her. It could have been from Carly Hartsman from Wednesday. But I'm not sure. I don't remember. But her, Hartsman and her her partner and Lindsay, are, they're on the same label. doesn't matter. It's great music, and I'm glad I discovered it. And I'm glad she wanted to do the podcast, because we had a really great, fun conversation. And I think it ran long, and I think it might be on Patreon, too, the extra stuff. So if you haven't heard of Lindsay Reamer, please check out her music. Buy it. And like I said, go to themattdwyer.com where you can buy t-shirts, you can find my social media, and you could look at past episodes and see who else has been on the show because the guests list of my show is long. I've been putting out two a week this year. I've had so many guests, I can't even think about how many people I've had on, but I've had a lot of great, great conversations, and I think you would enjoy it. And if you don't, then I'm sorry. Go on about your day and forget about me. That being said, here is my conversation with... Lindsay Reamer. I just got back to Philly um, like a few days ago. I was in South Dakota for a bit. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask because I couldn't, I saw your posts about that. It looked yes. like, and I'm just going by pictures on Instagram, but were you like ranching? What were you doing? <laughs> um, so I was actually working out there um, doing some research for Badlands National Park. Um, so yeah, I got this research gig. Um, I started doing it right before the pandemic, um, happened and then everything stopped obviously. So now I'm getting back into it, but basically the national parks need people to kind of do some research about visitation because they're experiencing a lot of overcrowding, um, in the parks. So yeah, so I work for a company, we go out and we kind of assess, whatever problems they have. So I was like in a campground um, in Badlands National Park. And basically I just had to go there and like observe how many people were there, where they were camping, if they were using the space correctly and things like that. I want this job. Yeah. And you just get to yeah. hang out in a, in a national park? Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I feel like when I was a kid, I this would have been like my dream job. I just knew I wanted to travel and be outside. And this kind of like hit all those boxes for me so i'm very lucky it's a cool job for sure <laughs> did you study this or does this just like some hap chance um yeah i studied environmental science in school so obviously that helped me get the interview or whatever but you know when you're out there you just need to know how to count and <laughs> use your eyeballs that's that's like kind of what's like all the extent of the science is <laughs> i got i i can i have eyeballs sometimes my counting isn't the best Mm, okay. When okay. I used to bartend, I would I'd have to put my hand under the bar and count on my fingers to tally up people's. 
Yeah. <laughs> not I'm not that side of the brain. It's not my strong suit. Mm. Did you judge me a little for that? Did were you like No. Okay, just make absolutely not. Never judging. <laughs> never judging. Just experiencing, never judging. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way. Of, I, I like that phrase. I'm going to borrow that if I may. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you stayed in the in the band, are you like in a tent or do you get to stay in a place like a normal? No, place? I was I was in a motel, um, which was interesting. So yeah, I didn't have to camp. Um, I think that would be a little much over like two and a half weeks. Um, yeah, working like camping the whole time. So yeah, I'm lucky they put me up and give me a car and stuff. Are you, do you like camping? I love camping. Absolutely. I'm yeah. Not, I'm, I'm not big on bugs. <laughs> yes. There's lots of bugs when you're camping. They're hard to avoid. In South Dakota, there's like grasshoppers that were like huge everywhere. And you like, if, if you walk off the path into the like tall grass, they just jump. It's like confetti. They just jump all around you. So you would have hated that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm real good with diners. I like a diner. Cl- I mean, I like like I like nature, but like after, for extended period. But it's it's weird because as I get older too, I'm like more prone to have less people and more nature than mm-hmm. when, instead of city living, which I was I did for all my life. Right, right. How do you find like contrast of being like Philly to South? Like, is it was it jarring to return to Philly? Um. Yeah, a little bit. I I really like the contrast, actually, because I love cities and I love being around a lot of people, but I also love nature just as much. So I feel like I get to, like, experience both um, doing this job because I travel and I come back and then go somewhere else again. Um, So I do enjoy that. Um, It is jarring. South Dakota was very different, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what to expect, really. because I'd never been many places like in the Midwest. Like that is very middle of the country, very north in the country. <laughs> and I'd never been anywhere like that before. Um, yeah, it's just not as dense and way less people. Um, but people are very friendly. And I really enjoyed talking to folks out there. Um, you, there's like this little... Oh, God. Okay, I was just going <laughs> to... I know you're... Are you solely East Coast? Do you, I think you grew up in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, I grew up in Massachusetts, so yeah, I've only ever lived on the East Coast. Um, yeah. Have you got to see travel much outside of this job, or was have you been pretty safe? Um, I've traveled a little bit. Um, you know, in college, I'd go on like road trips, and then oh, that's right. You uh, didn't you tour with the jam band? I did tour with the jam band. Yes. Um, so I did a little bit of travel. That was all East Coast stuff. Um. But I did travel with that, which was really fun. Because um, I was, you know, I was in college. I was a big old hippie. And I just wanted to go to. <laughs> I'm not laughing at <laughs> the my... hippie thing. I just, I've, I'm finding it charming, is what it is. Yes, yes. Um, I just wanted to go to all the festivals, you know. There's like a ton of music festivals on the East Coast that are like jam band oriented. <laughs> so, yeah, like I actually. Yeah, I was in college and I um, saw this band perform. Um, they're called Haley Jane and the Primates. And I was just at this festival. I was like, that would be so cool. Like, And they had some dancers with them. And I was like, that'd be so cool. I want to do that. And so I just messaged her on Facebook. And I was like, hey, I would love to dance with you. Like, I, you don't know me, but I just like was really, <laughs> I was really moved by your performance. So like, if you're down, I'm down. And she was like, yeah, we actually like do want some more dancers. We're going like down to Virginia next week. Like you want to come? And I was like, of course. So I hopped in the van with them and she taught me all the choreography all the way. And then we did like, I think three festivals like that week, just like or three shows just down the East Coast. It was really fun. So you jumped into a van with a bunch of people you had never met. That's correct. Yes. That's, um, I that's brave and I appreciate like I appreciate the like fuckitness of it (laughs) (laughs) you know I was like that that sounds cool like that sounds something I want to do that sounds in line with my my hippie phase you know hop in the van go to the festival (laughs) was it how was what was the day-to-day like of something like that like it sounds like it sounds like it could be this magical thing or it sounds like it could 
be, you know. I mean, I definitely got a peek into like what touring is like. Um, But it was really magical, you know. Everything's magical when you're like 21. And, (laughs) um, but yeah, the reality of it is just like sitting in a van for like eight hours, getting to the venue. Maybe they give you like 20 bucks to go get like some food, or maybe they have food there. That was always nice. Um, Do the show. And then sometimes we'd sleep like in a hotel that the venue would provide, or we would get like, we would stay with, someone that they knew along the road like they just knew a lot of people up and down the east coast so i met a lot of folks that way and we were sleeping in people's houses and stuff like that um it was cool so that yeah i got a peek into that life a little did 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 that want make you want to do have that life more i think so i i mean i just love traveling in general i love being in new places um so I really did enjoy the aspect and I, I wasn't doing music myself at the time though. Um, but I think it definitely like sparked that little, you know, seed inside. I was like, maybe I w- would do this someday. I would love to do this with my own music, but wasn't confident enough to do it until like recently. <laughs> Was there, were there hallucinogenic drugs involved in this, in this jam band world? Um, oh, definitely in the jam band world. <laughs> totally. In, in your world? Um, in my world, yes. Um, but not with, not while we were like on tour. It wasn't like we we're, all, we're not all on drugs, like performing and stuff. It wasn't like that. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of hallucinogenic substances in this world, <laughs> in the jam band world. I, I kind of got disillusioned with it a bit because it almost seemed like, you know, the music became secondary and the music was created for people that were listening to it under the influence of various substances. And it wasn't about making music that was good to sober ears. You know what I'm saying? Like there. Yes, I do know. (laughs) Yeah. And so then you like listen to it and you're sober and you're like, what is this? Like (laughs) they're just like trying to like play to this, um, altered state that they know everyone is in when they're watching, but yeah. So I got yeah. I was like, I don't want to be around music that's just made for that purpose. I want music that is good for all different states of being. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the Dead when I was in high school, and I was that, and I, I wasn't into it. Like I didn't like the live mm. experience, and my friends were like, "Were you tripping?" And I was like, "That's a real bad way to go about." Because right, I've sp- I've. <laughs> Put, spent an hour putting my face in a sink full of water and watching it drain out. So that's how, and that was the best time of my life. So I'm like, mm-hmm. when you're tripping, that's not a, a gauge for what should be considered good. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I love the Grateful Dead. I feel like, yeah, they were definitely like the root of everything. And then all these other bands are kind of chasing that, <laughs> that of it yeah yeah i'd like it took me i because i came to the dead in reverse like i because i became involved in punk and everybody hated like in the punk world everybody was like fuck the hippies yeah. and punk, fuck right the so i like just immediately wrote it all off mm-hmm. without being it which is a stupid it's stupid mm-hmm. but like now right. i had to, <laughs> i revisited it and i was like oh like they're early like dead man's blues and Mm-hmm. all that those two albums are fucking great like it's unarguably yes. great yes I agree how did you become what was your how did you become a hippie how did you like <sighs> I feel like I'm becoming more of a hippie now <laughs> like I'm doing everything in backwards right hmm how did I become a hippie I feel like <laughs> yeah that's a yeah I could I could go far back with that you know are your parents um, got hippie elements to them not really. I mean, you know, my dad got me into, you know, he showed me the Grateful Dead um, and he, sh- you know, got me into like classic rock and everything like that. Um, but I wouldn't say they were like hippies or anything. They're both musicians. Um, they both went to music school, right? They did. They met. They didn't go to the same music school, but they met while they were both at music school in Boston. Um, did one of them I go always- to Berkeley? Yes, my dad went to Berkeley, um, and then my mom went to the New England Conservatory, and she studied opera. Um, And then my dad did guitar at 
Berkeley. So they just met, you know, on the scene, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how how much of an influence was their be, that them being into music an influence on you music like your curiosity and becoming a musician? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's interesting because I think for a while it kind of had an opposite effect. Um, you know, they always really valued music highly in our house like growing up. So I was always obsessed with music and listening to music all the time and singing. And um, I did like musical theater in high school and stuff, um, kind of following in my mom's footsteps a bit. Um, but they always really stressed like what a difficult life it was for them. You know, they're like, we just had no money and we didn't like have the life that we wanted to create for our family. So they kind of just um, moved on to different career paths. Um, so I felt like I always kind of took that and I was like, okay, I guess music is not something I should devote all my energy to. It's not like a good way to make money. <laughs> Um, so it kind of had that effect for a bit. Um, and then I just realized it was something that I really did want to focus my energy on. Um, yeah, there's something I couldn't ignore anymore. It's just something I really wanted to try. And I was like, I might as well just give it my all and see what happens. <laughs> How did the, 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 cause that was said to me too about the, like, Oh, it's a tough life. And right. But it's like, I don't know. I would rather be broke and happy than like yeah. flush and because I I've done the nine to five thing and you know what makes you want to learn how to tie a noose nine to five <laughs> right at least for yes. me I don't know yeah. I can't understand comprehend the psyche that goes into like I love sitting in a cubicle <laughs> right yeah I don't know I wonder if anybody likes it <laughs> there I might know. be people I I wonder but I've never met anybody who really truly enjoyed that lifestyle unless they were doing a job that they felt was really making a difference maybe right you know that would make it worth it but um yeah I mean yeah my parents definitely did not like it do not like it yeah yeah so when do you know what the transition was where you went from like oh I I should listen to my parents to fuck it I'm gonna make music yeah, it was after college because I graduated and I really, I tried to get a nine to five job. I tried to get a full-time job doing something with my college degree. I applied to all these jobs, went to these job interviews and I never got anything. <laughs> and I, I like blamed myself for a while, you know, I was like, I guess I didn't do well enough in school or something. And I, you know, blah, 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 just really hard on myself. And I, then it just clicked. I was like, you're it's because you don't want to do that. Like you're going into the interview and it's just obvious you don't want to do the job. And that's why. Um, so that just like clicked. And then I was like, well, what do I want to do? Um, and yeah, I think it's always a breakup, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's always a breakup and I was going through a breakup and, um, yeah, didn't really do anything else for a couple of months. I was very depressed and I was just in bed, like relearning guitar. Cause I had taught myself guitar when I was like 13, just to play like, um, little indie covers and whatnot. Um, but I didn't really write any of my own songs. So I was just like relearning guitar and I, um, they just, yeah, I just started writing songs and it felt really good. And so I kept doing it. And I feel like it just kind of builds over time. You know, you start, you start little, start small. Um, and then it got to a point where I was like, wow, I, maybe I want to record the songs, you know? And I can never just like dip my toe in something. When I decide I want to do something, I have to just go all in. So wanting to record my own songs became, oh, I have to learn how to record my own songs. Oh, I have to learn how to produce my own songs. <laughs> um, maybe because I struggle with asking for help. So my solution to that is just to overcompensate and just do it all on my own, which is something I'm working on and learning now. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of how it happened, I guess. Just decided it was something I wanted to do. And yeah, I'm really obviously extremely happy I did. It was totally the right thing and I feel really good about it now and keep I'm keeping on going. <laughs> I mean, f from where I sit, like learning to do all that seems like wise 
smart. Yeah, I think it is. And I think that it's going to benefit me in the future if I ever work with, you know, other, well, I will, when I, when I work with other folks, like in a studio or in a producer type role, knowing, you know, on a basic level, how everything is happening, I think it's very valuable. So it, it was the right move. Yeah. And just a lot of, from like the people I've talked to, there's always that like, I know, and I made this mistake. I'm not, in, I don't do music, but I always assumed like people in the other seats, I was like, well, you know better than I do, which is, right. not, turns out mostly they don't. <laughs> it's like mostly. Yeah. And it's like, if, if you have your vision for your music, then mm-hmm. by all means, you should like let that ride, not the motherfucker on the other side of the desk, as I like to call him. Right, right. Yeah, it's, I think, to get a good result, it's just all about collaboration and collaboration involves being able to communicate your own vision. Um, and that's kind of what I realized as I was recording my EP. Um, cause I did involve some other people. I had some friends play, you know, some parts and I had someone else like mix and master for me. Um, and I realized how important it was to know what I wanted because that was going to contribute to the final product. If I was just like, Oh, do what you think. Um, that's, that's not very collaborative. <laughs> um, and I think it's just better for everyone if, you know, but it, it's a fine line because then you have to create space for them to bring, you know, what they bring because why else would you be asking someone else if you didn't want someone else's perspective? Um, but maybe just like creating the world for the ideas to live in. Maybe that's the job of the the artist. I guess. Yeah. Are you also, did, are you also learning to mix and all that yourself too? Um, I haven't yet. It's something I'm interested in because, um, I do know some musicians who record, produce and mix their own stuff and it sounds great. Um, and that seems like the ultimate form of control. Cause that's like the last little piece at the end. Um, yeah, that's something I'd be interested in, but haven't had the, you know, passion for yet. And I am happy, I'm happy to pay someone else for their like ears to do that. Yeah. So. It just seems like from, especially during the pandemic, a couple of the musicians I've interviewed, like uh, John Dietrich from Deerhoof, mm-hmm. he's like, he just makes a ton of money. Not a ton. I don't know the number, but you know, he makes his living mixing albums and stuff on when he's not doing anything else. And I was like, fuck, that's great. Cause anything to yeah. stay at home. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> when you said yeah. you used to play indie songs, like when you started revisiting the guitar, who who were some of the bands? And yeah, um, so I was a huge Regina Spector fan when I was in high school and middle school. So I remember learning a lot of her songs on guitar. Um, I play, you know, Boney Vare was really big at the time when I was in high school. Learned their songs or his songs. Um, like the postal service and iron and wine, you know, there's like that whole like 2010s, like folk phenomenon, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like Mumford and Sons and that. I never played Mumford and Sons, but yeah, I was just covering, I loved, I love like Paramore as well. Um, I remember learning some of her songs and yeah. Yeah. How did playing at little open mics and stuff? Oh, did you? Were you did? Uh, so you did that because I was under the impression just from like research that you. I know you haven't played this music live. Your EP. No, so no, you, I haven't yet. No. So, but you have done like would you just do like acoustic guitar coffee shop things? Yeah, never my own originals. I was always just like little covers, and like my church would have, you know an open mic and I would play um, like Hey Soul Sister on the ukulele, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Not Shout at the Devil? You didn't cover Shout at the Devil at at the church? No, not at the church. I mean, they would have been cool with it. They were very chill. So it wasn't a Catholic church. (laughs) They're, you know, they're cool. They're cool. They were with it. (laughs) Did the, does the, did the jam band uh, influence come into any of your of the new stuff? Is that or is that a forgotten world? Yeah, not at all. I mean, I do, I do enjoy like psychedelic 
textures and music and kind of like nods to that. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I, I never even really listened to like jam music at all. I just would see it live and I did enjoy, you know, cause shows are fun and things are fun live. Um, but I never really listened to jam music. Um, so I don't think it really influenced much. With, uh, cause you were, you recorded, this was all done during the pandemic, correct? So you, yes. So mm-hmm. in a, in a way that I don't want to say set limits cause that's, but you had to work within certain frameworks to, to do this album, correct? Yes, I did. Um, just basically the framework of my own knowledge and abilities. I was going to go to a studio like, as I kind of decided to record the EP right like early March, like right before everything happened. And then, um, yeah, then it happened. I couldn't go to the studio. So that's when I started learning how to record. Um, and yeah, I definitely, it definitely would have been completely different if I wasn't quarantined while doing it. I just had all the time in the world to focus on it, which is important because I was just learning everything from scratch. But looking back, <laughs> like thinking about the ways I did things and I would do it so differently now. And it's just cool to see the growth. Um, and that I have actually like absorbed a lot of information and learned a lot since then. So that's really cool. If Can you just like, if the pandemic didn't happen, do you think, what do you, do you have any idea like what the album would sound like? Did you have a different vision and was it going to be more folk influenced? Um, I think, yeah, like going into it, it was going to be more folk influence for sure. Um, but then when I started self-producing, um, you know, I don't have a drummer. So using a drum machine felt right. Um, and then I got really into synthesizers because <laughs> that's like a whole world um, that I got super into. Um, so I got a synth and then added that. And I love how that sounds. Um so I think that definitely changed the sound a lot. If I had gone into a studio, it would have been like me just on the guitar probably and then other musicians playing other instruments. Are you kind of, how do you feel about having to go into that different direction? Um, I feel really good about it. I think, yeah, I I really enjoy um, producing and I enjoy, I love electronic music in general. That's always been not always, but more recently in the past, like five years or so, something I was really into. Um, so it felt right to, to switch gears like that. And I don't think I would go back necessarily. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm just making what feels right. Um, you know, I'll sit down and whatever sounds right. If it's like, um, a house beat, then I'll just go with that. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's like, I I always wonder how it is for other people and like what their processes are. Like do other people, like I always wonder if people are like when they sit down to write or produce they're they're trying to, they're like, I want this to fit nicely in this box of this genre. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know if people do that. Cause I definitely don't. I just, I'm like, Oh, it's going to sound like whatever it sounds like. Um, But then I'm also, the downside of that is I feel like it's hard to find like cohesion within all the different sounds that come out with that approach. Um, so yeah, I, I always wonder how other people approach things like that. Yeah. It seems, I mean, just from my experience to talking to right. tons of you people, that's how I'm going to phrase it. You people. You musician. <laughs> Us. <laughs> but like I, I, I talked to uh, Micah Nelson yesterday and he's just like, it's all that sort of follow your muse sort of thing, which I think is interesting. Mm. I like, I feel like do what you feel is you. And then mm-hmm. I guess he was saying like, he analyzes it afterwards. Like he'll just be like, is this, is this, you know, and is it this, is this right? And, you know, and if he says, right. if it doesn't sound like something he, that fits him or whatever he's trying to do, he'll just try to start layering it with other stuff that would, will fit into that. But like, as long mm. as the core of it, you know, is, and he was saying, and I don't know, cause I don't write music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you know I didn't write music? <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I make up a lot of songs to my children about poop. I do have that about okay. them pooping specifically. Okay. That sounds, that sounds like a lovely catalog of songs. <laughs> 
you could you could sell those, you know. Yeah, there's poop in the tub is one of them. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, did your when you became when you started doing music, did you go back to your parents and have to be like, "Hey, man, guess what I'm doing?" Yeah, that was very interesting because <laughs> they were like, "What? That's what you're doing?" Um, yeah, I think they were kind of surprised because it wasn't something I really like was focused on for a while and didn't really tell them about. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, "Hey, I'm like playing guitar again and like doing all this stuff." And then it just came to a point. I was like, "Yeah, I'm recording an EP and I'm releasing it." And um, so, yeah, I had to had to come out to them as a musician. <laughs> um, but they're obviously very supportive. They're, they're amazing. Um, my, my mom is like my biggest fan. She, she contributes to every single one of my Spotify streams. So <laughs> I, 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 out out to her. <laughs> um, and what, how did they respond when they heard it? And is they that, loved, oh, yeah, they loved it. Yeah. They, I, I was really surprised and it was cool to like share that part of myself with them. Um, and they, they thought it was great. So that felt good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be bad if they're like, Lindsay, this sucks. <laughs> I've always wondered. They, they would never say that. <laughs> yeah. I've wondered that as a parent, I'm like, am I capable of seeing anything? My, my daughters do that is not good. Like if they, right. if they painted like something, would I be like, I don't know. I'm just uh, thrilled that they're doing anything creative. I'm like, th- mm-hmm. that it's like, I just, I'm like, just don't go into, don't join a sorority. Don't become an accountant, mm. please. Mm-hmm. And don't, don't become conservative. <laughs> they're going to become an accountant now to rebel. That's like, they're That's rebelling. That's my biggest fear is that they're going to become like, you know, center. Like I'm a fucking filthy lefty. So I'm like, if please mm-hmm. join me in my filthy leftiness. Right. <laughs> They're just going to be like, screw you, dad. I'm going into finance. <laughs> Which actually I could use the help. So that wouldn't be so yeah, bad. Yeah. There, there's positives to that. You got someone to do your taxes. Yeah. Maybe I need my kids to become rich, like being uh, horrible there you go. corporate monsters so I can retire. Because otherwise there it ain't going to happen, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you, was, was there at all like that? was going into music do you think is that tied at all to rebellion towards your parents or not at all as I was asking it I felt like it probably wasn't I don't think so no I it definitely was like a little pushback just because they you know they they put me on a path you know they're like you can go to college and get college degree and then you get a job and that was like the whole thing um so yes, yeah, I'm definitely doing something a little different than than that. Um, but they've always been super supportive, so it's it's like it doesn't feel like rebelling at all because they're super into it. So <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a moment of like living vicariously on their. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. I mean, my mom has like always kept music in her life. Um, I think it's been harder in recent years, but yeah, she like went back to performing. Um, when I was in high school, she did shows and she was acting again. And that's been really cool to see. And, um, yeah, she, she has like a whole little community of theater folk where she lives now. And she's always kind of kept it in her life. So I like, I love that for her. Did they have, uh, what, yeah. What kind of music did they have going on in the house? If they were music, um, majors they must have had some you must have grown up with a pretty heavy like rotation of music going on I guess so it's it's hard to remember I mean the the things I remember most is just my dad showing me you know the Beatles was like the first band I really got into and it it felt like he was just like passing down something to me he's like this is the Beatles like this is (laughs) this is music like check this out um and I remember just being obsessed with them like I had posters on my wall of the Beatles. I was like such a weird little <laughs> Beatles girl. Um, so yeah, the Beatles and he showed me Led Zeppelin. He showed me the Grateful Dead. He showed me Pink Floyd. Um, just all the classics. Um, so that's kind of what we had going on. Um, my mom shared her 
musical theater background with me. So she was always playing show tunes in the house. Um, and so I, I just have like a fondness for show tunes. I've met a lot of people that are like, I hate musical theater and they just have this very strong negative association with it. But I think growing up with it, you know, I always have a fondness for the song and dance, you know, I think, and I'm not like wild about music theater, but I, I think people who have a harsh judgment of it also have a very specific sort of thing in their head and not the broader sense of it. Exactly. And there's definitely so many annoying (laughs) (laughs) musicals out there, but there's so many like touching and beautiful ones as well. And just like, like I love Chicago, like the dancing girls and the songs and it's just great. You know, the costumes, I love it all. Yeah. And I think the term like, like, I don't know, like, I took me forever to watch Singing in the Rain because I don't mm-hmm. know, because I had that aversion. But then I kept reading about who's, what, like, directors, whose favorite film it was. And, like, once I watched it, I was like, I, I was, I noticed my, I was like, ah, oh, my face hurts. And I had been smiling for, like, 15 minutes straight. It's, I'm mm. sure you've seen. Yeah, not recently. That's a good reminder. I got to give that a rewatch. But, yeah, the, that movie seems like pure joy. And that's what they're going for. They're just like, we want to create like a movie of joy <laughs> it's in it's in, like now i want to rewatch it because it's been a while yeah it's but it's like it's so magical and it's like mm-hmm. it is it's joy that you've nailed it mm-hmm. but then i yeah. watched I, when i saw it i was like now i gotta watch more musicals and then i quickly was like oh not all of these are so good <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> gene kelly's a fuck and gene kelly and not that fred astaire is in singing in the rain but like i could watch mm-hmm. those two dudes all day like fred astaire is just like it's insane oh my gosh they're great they're amazing graceful beautiful yeah people say the same thing about me wow <laughs> thank you for going along about with do you have do you have dances to go along with the poop song <laughs> <laughs> i don't but i do dance to annoy my family I'll, uh, like mm. if they're watching a show, I'll be like, this is the Jaws shark dancers. And then I'll dance. Not that we watch Jaws with my kids because that would terrify them. Yeah, that is a very terrifying movie. <laughs> I saw it at seven and it it's, it has seriously fucked me up. Like yeah. it was not a smart move on my parents' part, which they did a lot. I had me watch really inappropriate films for a child. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. really violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like what what went went on in their heads where they were like, "We're gonna watch the Deer Hunter, young boy." If you want to watch some guys play Russian roulette, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're like, "Oh, he'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm you proof know. that that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, did you when you started writing the songs for this e like? Because you said like. Uh, you look at it and sometimes they don't all, did you have a a mix of songs to pick from and that's why you have the EP or was it? Yeah, I had, you know, I had more songs. It, it was funny because the first, when I first wanted to record an EP, it was completely different songs. Um, but then I kept writing and I was like, Oh, these songs are better. And I'm glad I didn't end up putting the first batch of songs out. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like the songs that I felt were the strongest or felt most inspired by to do something with the production or I think like one of them I wrote like as I was recording because that came out too. And then that felt very fresh and I was like, oh, I want to include that. Um, so yeah, it's just like a, you know, mix of different things that I was working on at the time. Um, but Lucky was that was like definitely the cornerstone, like the song Um, for me when I wrote that, I was like, wow, I think this like holds the EP together and then the rest are just, you know, supplementary, but it's great. If I haven't said so, like I was, thank thank you. Immediately (laughs) taken with your music. And I, I messaged with, uh, flaking, uh, from Wednesday I'm mean, the singer of Wednesday I'm Oh Carly Carly, Carly thank you Hardy. I feel horrible for like flaking on that Because we've messaged Yeah her. But she we, I was like do you know her? Because I was like interested in Getting you on here And Oh cool And we both went back and forth About how great your songs are She's like I don't But we should I mean, Maybe But she was like she's great 
That's so cool because I'm like a huge fan of her. I've never met her. Um, she's actually playing a show in Philly on Thursday that I'm excited to go to. So I guess I'll meet her then. Um, Did you visit yeah. her and tell her you're coming? Um, not yet, but I got to ask her for the address. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in someone's like backyard, I guess. Um, but yeah, I got to message her. her. I was, yeah, her the new Wednesday album is I'm like really, really looking forward to that. Cause the three singles that they put out so far, are just like incredible. I'm it's a great. Huge fan. <laughs> I, I got an early release of it, of digital. And it's, I, I'm, I don't, I just, I love her voice in contrast with like, not in contrast, but like the sound and her voice, it, the music and the, her voice are just like this. Yeah. Perfect. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah, I found out about Wednesday because Dear Life Records, who put out my EP, put out um, MJ Lennerman's um, album, and then he's in Wednesday. So that's, you know, it was like I've, I've met so many people like through Instagram on the internet just, you know, because we're not going to shows or anything um, over the past year and a half. So I feel like I've really just kind of entered this whole thing through social media. Um and just seeing like, oh, this person knows this person. Oh, this is cool. You know, checking every, I, I listen to everything, you know, if something that comes across um, my, you know, eyeballs, whether social media or someone tells me about it. I love, like, I'm that person. If you recommend something, I'm going to look it up and listen. So that's um, how I found them. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when, when you finished recording these songs, what was, because for the first time having to just send it out how did you go about like did you have people you wanted to send it to and how is there is that at all terrifying to be like um so yeah I like finished the songs and I was like I have no idea how to release any music that seems really like I just don't know anything about that so I wanted to get some help with that so I was doing a lot of different you know researching different little labels and seeing who was accepting demos. I have, I had no connections and any like music scene, even a small one in Philly. Um, so yeah, it was just all like looking up different labels to, that were accepting demos. And I found dear life records and it, it just like, even before I sent it, it felt like a really good fit. Um, you know, they're, they were small enough that they actually read their email. So <laughs> So, and I sent it, yeah, I just emailed it to them and I was like, I don't even, I feel like I was saying all sorts of weird stuff in the emails to try to like stand out and like looking back, I like cringe so hard at that. Um, but I could, I just was imagining like these labels have like hundreds of emails with like demos or songs and albums and that they're supposed to listen to and how do you stand out? So like send weird facts about like ants and stuff. And <laughs> I think that's smart. Like, I was like, did you know, like, ants, like, do this? And I yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> so, yeah, I sent it to them, and, you know, they actually listened to it and liked it, and they're like, yeah, let's put it out. Um, and I was super stoked. It was That was, like, a really happy day for me because I was like, well, someone else, like, thinks it's good. Like, that was just the most validating thing. Um, and they're such great people. I'm, like, so lucky to have connected with them. Um, yeah. Do you think, uh, are you thinking like what's next? Like, cause I always want like a lot of people are like, I put this thing out on a smaller label. Now I want to go bigger or what, do you have any plan for how you want to approach these things in the days to come? Um, I don't have any plans yet. Um, yeah, I gotta like make the next thing first. I, I actually like recorded an EP while I was in South Dakota over the two weeks that I was there, like in my motel. That's awesome. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I had never like written so many songs in like a short period of time before. So I'm, I don't know if I'm going to put that out yet. Cause I was definitely going a little crazy and I have no idea if it's any good or not. I was just like, I just gotta like make something. So I recorded this EP and I think it's good. I don't know. So maybe I'll, I'll record that in like a more professional way and put that out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I have no idea how any of this works really. Like I'm like learning a little more like how the music industry operates. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty like mystifying. And I feel like you don't really know what's going on until someone tells you, Oh, this is how this happens and whatnot. Um, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. to keep 
that I continue to find out how I just would think that things with labels on the larger side would get better because people the mu- are getting smarter and they don't mm-hmm. seem to go that way. And I'm right. And I'm fascinated because there are all these smaller labels that are mm-hmm. doing really like, you know, like Dear Life and Perpetual Doom and uh, Fire Talk, which is I think out of Chicago. And they're they have some bigger like bigger ish art. But I'm like, it seems like people are going more towards th- those labels. And I think I don't know. I'm wondering if there's a, what if that what the future of that is. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think the small labels are great. Just for me, the most invaluable part of it was just the community, just not knowing anybody and then being welcomed into this community of like small artists was just so great because everyone's so supportive and, um, you know, wants to listen to each other's stuff. So you already have this like built in community and like network of people that are going to care about what you release, which is so valuable when you're just starting to just have that people. Cause that's, you know, how things grow. You just need that little group of people and then, you know, word of mouth and whatnot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like it's kind of a mess. I, I just hear like really bad stories about people that work with like large labels and you get yeah. screwed over and all this stuff. Yeah. Even some of the like in more, bigger the bigger indies i'm like i will hear things from various yeah and I'm just like fuck like it's yeah it's just unfair because right now it already sucks as for all artists of almost every <laughs> genre and mm-hmm. it's just like it's just it's i'm like really we're people are still getting fucked huh okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was gonna i had oh that's what the it's interesting because you mentioned the like make having a community through Instagram and like with Wednesday and I just find mm-hmm. that it's interesting because it seems to be like the music culture. I talked with um, Andy from Vetiver about this of like now people are the music scenes are like more this like just not like connected to a city but through Instagram mm-hmm. and these and it's like how, how sad it will be that you guys don't have the urine soaked bathroom of a club to this. <laughs> but it's like it's, oh go ahead yeah oh i'm sure there'll be many urine soaked <laughs> bathrooms you know we're we're go nature is healing we'll return to the urine soaked bathrooms um <laughs> but it's like you know you you have a connection with wednesday and and mm-hmm. it's like but and it's like it's a different kind of scene but it's still connected it's it, i'm curious to see how that will affect the way music scenes are in the future if it's more like people connecting from different cities it's fascinating to me yeah it that i i agree it seems it seems like that because because the community kind of surrounding dear life record like there's people in Asheville, there's people in tennessee like it's definitely not just philly and then um mike who runs the label just moved to maine so it's like really all over the place and frank lives in new york city um so yeah i it's it's definitely not i think it, we're more connected by um our work than like where we live um yeah i think everyone in that kind of in in the dear life record sphere just really values like good songwriting and pushing the boundaries and kind of existing in multiple genres at once and yeah i really appreciate it and love being a part of it do you Oh, uh, the the songs that you created in South Dakota and you were saying you were Mm -hmm. going going kind of crazy is, and then earlier (laughs) you said you were like, you know, you've started getting into writing again or writing and playing guitar because of the breakup. And I'm wondering if Mm -hmm. there's a connection between how you're doing emotionally and when you create. Yeah. um, That's something I'm working on because I try, I'm trying to make, um, like my creative process more of a daily thing that doesn't depend on my emotional state because I think that's a healthier way to approach it. Um, but yeah, I struggle with like my mental health um, and depression and stuff. And, and when I'm really depressed, it's hard to um, make music. It's like the last thing I want to do. Um, but then it, it's just always like, I get really depressed. I don't um, make anything at all. And then it's just like, 
clicks again one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to make all this stuff. Um, so I think that's what kind of was happening in South Dakota. I hadn't really like recorded or written much songs or put much time and energy into music in a like maybe two months or so. And then I was there and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm in this cool place. I, I got to like use it somehow. Um, and then I just kind of manically was just writing and recording all these songs. Um, so there's a definite connection there. Uh, Do you yeah, beat your, but I'm, are you hard? But, oh, I was just going to ask you if you're hard on yourself when you're not creating. And when you're in oh, absolutely. It's really hard not to be. Um, yeah, it, it's like, oh, I'm never going to write a song again. I'm never going <laughs> to. It's over. I just, you know, I got it out of my system. I guess that's it. Um, but that's never true. It always comes <laughs> It always comes back. Um, and I always surprise myself and end up, you know, realizing I was still growing, even though it was like a stagnant time. It, I was still growing. And, and I think periods of rest are really important. So... I think we, and I think this bleeds into a lot of different, you know, areas and professions, but just honoring periods of rest um, and not looking at them as like an inactive period. It's, it is an active, like rest is like an active, you know, state. Um, it doesn't have to mean you're being lazy or something. You're just giving your, your brain needs to recharge and recalibrate. And then you can just go back, go back in like, and feel better than you did before. Yeah. That's, I've read this thing years ago that was very similar about how like when you're it almost like kind of like equating the creative process with manic depression, which I thought was interesting. But like I mm-hmm. will have those manic things too where I'm like I'm writing like a fiend and then in my head I'm like this will never stop. I'll always be this way. <laughs> right. But then, <laughs> then, but like those when you're depressed and you're like sort of in that state too, you're also more ob- there in this book I read they were saying that you're more observant and it's you're absorbing more as well so it's not like you're just mm-hmm. shut up it's like you're feeling and you're so it's like this whole it's beyond just recharging it's this you're taking in and processing and I've once I've read that I was like less hard on myself though I it's yeah. still there yeah and I think being hard on yourself like prolongs the like depressive state (laughs) you know I I feel like if I just like let if I just recognized it and was like okay this is like I need some rest and that's great but then it turns into this like negative thing and you just like spiral into this terrible (laughs) terrible place and yes don't need to do that (laughs) do you have anything to that you do ritualistically or otherwise to sort of stay out of those spirals um I've been like cleaning a lot recently <laughs> and like in a, in a healthy way for like the first time in my life, I've always like struggled with like keeping my space neat. Um, but yeah, I've been waking up in the morning and actually listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, so I'm really excited to be on a podcast because <laughs> yeah, I've just, I had never really like listened to many, but there's just really something about folding the laundry and listening to other people talk and like it, instead of focusing on like the chores, I'm just listening to this other thing. And I feel like my body is like doing this other thing, but my mind is elsewhere. Cause I get to listen to other people talk. Um, so that's kind of been my ritual is like waking up in the morning, drinking some coffee, cleaning my room, doing laundry or whatever chores I need to do. And, and that's really helped me, um, avoid the like spiral because I think that's where it starts for me is if my space is looking absolutely insane, I'm like, Oh, that must mean I'm insane. <laughs> Um, so if I can like manage that and like keep everything visually like peaceful, I think it helps me feel internally peaceful. So that's been a like nice thing to figure out. Yeah. What podcast are you listening to or do you like? Um, so my favorite podcast right now is called Celebrity Book Club and it's these two comedians. They're, f- they're actually from Massachusetts, but I didn't know that until I started listening to them um and every week they read a different celebrity memoir and then they talk about it and it's hilarious just because like I would never like I don't read celebrity memoirs I'm never gonna do that but I love hearing them talk about it and it's just yeah it's great oh that reminds me like of the dollop which is too have you listened to the dollop I have not it's a history podcast and Mm -hmm. it's two comedians two really funny guys Dave Anthony and and uh, I, 
I'm Gareth Reynolds. I, it took me a second. I'm bad with names. <laughs> <laughs> but the one guy does like immense research and they'll heal the, and the other guy doesn't know what the subject's going to be. So he's in mm. the dark. But some, and sometimes it's really just silly thing like those trucks on nuts, the history of those. But the mm-hmm. other ones will be very, you know, Ronald Reagan and my, mm-hmm. uh, John McCain and like, which I tend to like the political ones because they usually just really fuck those guys up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's also really funny. And I don't know. That's, but I haven't listened to as much as I used to because I'm always researching mm. for guests. So it's either I'm right. listening to someone's music or reading about someone. Right. Hmm. Interesting. So now that you have your own podcast, you don't listen to as many podcasts. I don't. I try. I'd like the dollop is one I really like. And then, oh, there's a narrative mm-hmm. podcast I like um, called Valley Heat. And it's about a guy. It's a fictional podcast about a guy's neighborhood in Burbank, California and all that things. And it's like mm. really funny. Like it's, hilar- mm. it's hilariously funny. But I haven't. That's cool. If there's so much out there. Mm-hmm, there is. I've also been listening to audiobooks as well. Oh, what um, audiobooks do you like? Which I haven't. Um, so I'm getting through The Lord of the Rings, <laughs> <laughs> listening to it, because I realized I would never read it. Um, I don't think I would. Well, maybe I would. I think I actually would now that I've listened to it. But yes, yeah, so I'm like listening to it, and it's actually amazing, and I highly recommend it. There's this whole um, like free, like, free audiobook of the Lord of the Rings that fans have just like read aloud. Um, so there's all these different and they're really talented, like voice actors doing all the different voices. And then they also edit like the soundtrack in as well. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. And it's just like all on SoundCloud for free. So I just like put that on sometimes too. Do you do the Libby app? Which I, no, that's I a, it's awesome. Cause it's a, it's an app that uh, you could like sign up with your library. So you could either download audiobooks that your library has or, mm-hmm. or if you want to use your parents' card, if they're in Massachusetts, then you have two libraries to choose from because that's what Ooh. I've done. But okay. they have a lot of audiobooks and uh, digital books, but I, you know, I just download audiobooks and it was great. Whoa, that's actually really cool. Yeah, because Martin Short's uh, audiobook is one of the best, like... Plus, he does all his characters, and he does the impressions of whoever he's talking about. It's like one of the funniest, and yet, and also more inspiring memoirs mm-hmm. I've heard. Made me mm-hmm. quit my job. It was so inspiring. Nice. My nine to wow. five to go back to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> do you do nice. any other writing? Like, do you write stuff other than your music, or you just keep your creativity on that? Um, I. I wrote like short fiction in college (laughs) Um, and I I was like always a writer when I was a kid you know if they're like what do you want to be when you grow up I was always like a journalist um, or something and I had a whole like series of books that I wrote when I was a kid about my hamster Um, so I was always writing a lot but not so much now I'm just focused on songwriting um, and that feels like a good place to put that um because there's a point like when I was writing the short fiction in college I was like I don't know if they were really genuine but I had some very encouraging professors and they were like you could you know you should go get like an MFA or something which I'm glad I didn't try to do now (laughs) um I mean MFAs are cool like because there's ones that they pay you so you're not like going into all this like debt and stuff or whatever but um yeah, when I would, I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm good at this. And I would sit down to try to write a story and it just like wouldn't happen. So I didn't have like the discipline, but for songwriting, it comes out great. So that feels good. Did you feel like there's a, with the stuff that you recorded in South Dakota and the stuff that you're thinking about in the future, is there a different sound or are you following through sort of with the same sound? Um, I think my goals are just to have a more um, polished sound um, just because the recordings I did for the EP, they're all in my room and, you know, um, I just want a higher quality sound and I want a fuller sound, more instruments involved, more, more other people involved that really know what they're doing. So those are my only goals. I don't 
I don't know. I I do. I don't know. I want to. I want it to sound like a place, if that makes sense. Like I want it to be like a door you can enter. I think that's my goal. Is like when you put it on, you feel like you're entering a different space, and then when it's over, it's like you close the door. Because I think all my favorite records that I feel very moved by, you know, have that sense. So I guess that's what I'm aiming for more, more than just like a sound. I dig that. I like that. Greatly enjoyed talking to you. And I had a feeling it was going to be great because you're great. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Can't wait to hear more episodes. I'm going to be a listener now. Thank you. And you have (laughs) one of those good days. very much for listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwyer.com or conversations with the wire at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening <laughs>